Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother J.W. Brand here at God's Whole Word, and it's good to be with you here on this Tuesday night. Amen. And so uh, we are uh, trekking on. We're going to keep on moving on, talking about the love of God in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we are now in verse 5. And uh, I'm glad that you're part of uh, this podcast today, and if you are new to the podcast, we welcome you. We're glad that you're tuning on in. And um, we, we want to go to God in prayer because we need the Lord to help us out. And so we're going to take the Lord, uh, take ourselves to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you uh, for the opportunity and the privilege and um, just uh, uh, giving us the graciousness that you extend to us in your loving kindness to be a part of uh, this great kingdom of yours. And I am just asking you, Lord, to lead us and guide us and direct us along the way. May the Holy Ghost guide us uh, concerning your love and how you want your people to love. And we just ask all these things in Jesus' name, and we say amen. Amen, amen. So we're going to look at um, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5, and um, uh, the last one that we did, we were talking about that the, uh, love doesn't behave unseemly, and we went through that podcast. And now we're going to talk about this next thing. It says, love seeketh not her own, or uh, charity, which is translated love. It seeks not her own. It seeketh not her own. And so love seeketh not its own. Well, simply put, if we're going to put it in a simple term it means simply love is not selfish that is what it doesn't seek uh, their own love is not selfish a very simple and easy way to put it. but there's some other things that we can look at uh, love does not always if we're going to look and seek not our own love does not always need things to go our own way Amen. And so if it says love seeketh not his own, sometimes somebody else got to have their way too. And so love doesn't always need things to go our own way. You know, always got to have our own way whether it's my way or the highway, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, no, you, you allow other people to have, you know, their, uh, a, a part in things too and let it go their way sometimes too. Uh, not just one direction all the time. And as long as it's not an ungodly direction, of course, but uh, we've got to give each other uh, time and so forth. And then the other thing is God's true love. Now, we're not talking about any love. Uh, No, we're talking about God's true love, what the Word of God explains to us. It doesn't cause a person to give, uh, let's say, for instance, uh, your spouse. You're going to give your spouse a, a gift. Well, I have seen and I have known people that have given their spouses gifts and their purpose in giving it to them was they gave a gift that what they wanted to actually use for themselves. And it wasn't really a gift that the person that they were giving their spouse was going to use at all. And they had a mind to say, well, I'm going to give this to them, but I'm going to end up getting to use it most of the time. Well, you know, that's selfish. That's a selfish way of doing things. And so God's true love, you, you, if you're going to give your spouse a gift, think about what they like and what they want and what, what's going to make them happy, not just something that's going to benefit you. Now, it might benefit you, but it ought to be that we're not looking at the selfish motives behind it all. And uh, 
And 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 so let's move on down to the next thing. It says love is not, it's not easily provoked. It's not easily provoked. Now most of us, you know, we we get the understanding of that. And uh, what uh, an easy way to put it is that uh, when we look at the meaning of it, it when you look up the meaning, it actually says to irritate or frustrate somebody intensely, to irritate or frustrate someone intensely. So. Uh, love doesn't do that. If you got somebody that's always wanting to irritate somebody, always wanting to frustrate somebody, that is not the love of God. The Bible is telling us that ain't the way God's love works. You don't go around irritating and frustrating somebody intensely. Now, you know, some people say, well, I was just, you know, playing around or I was just joking. But, you know, sometimes playing around and joking, it can go too far. And so we want to be mindful of those things and, and uh, think about that because, uh, you know, if, if we're going to sit there and we're going to uh, just constantly frustrating and irritating somebody, then I think that uh, it, it, you need to check, let that Holy Ghost check you. Let that Holy Ghost check you because if it's just a constant thing, uh, you know, and then you laugh about it. Now, I've seen people do that where they intently frustrate somebody and intently uh, doing something to irritate them and then they hee 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 and laughing about it. And, you know, the Bible says that's not really love. So you, you're going to have to check it at the door. You, you understand what I mean? Check it at the door. You're going to have to check it at the door of prayer. God, is this the way you want me to act? Because if it's not, then toss it out. You know, the Lord wants us to, you know, the Bible talks about where the Apostle Paul, he was talking, and he said, you know, that he was praying for Christ to be formed in, in uh, the people of God. And so we've got to allow the Lord to be formed in us, not to continue with our own little selfish, fleshly ways. All right, so the next thing in verse 5, and we're going to be finishing up with verse 5. We're not going to be as long tonight, but uh, certainly... We want to look at this one as well in verse 5. And that is, love thinks no evil. That's what the Word of God says. Is it, it doesn't think evil. Now, some people say, well, what in the world does that mean? Love don't think no evil. What in the world? Well, in other words, you're always trying to find the best in each person. Now, I know that there's some folks that going to get your gizzard. There is going to be a troublesome thing to try to find some good in a few folks. But we ought to make our mind up to try to do that, to always try to find the best in each person. Now, what I would like to say is this letter is written to the Corinthians. This isn't. This is not written. It's written to the church in Corinth. So this is written to the people of God. This is not talking about the people of the world. Okay, because the people of the world, they're going to irritate and frustrate. They're going to do thank evil. They're going to do all those things. You know, that's going to happen. Now, that don't mean everybody's going to be that way. You know, some people uh, are, have a better disposition than others. That's true. But the bottom line is we all need Jesus Christ to be saved. So, but, uh, but this letter is written to the church. This ain't written to just anybody. It's written to the church of the living God. And he's telling those that are, you know, you talk about serving the Lord. You're going to serve the Lord? If we're going to serve the Lord, then we're going to have to let the love of God, what God expresses that love is, we're going to have to let that take hold of our heart. We're going to have to let that be what the guiding light is of what, um, you know, we understand love to be. Because a lot of, a lot of us, like, like myself, you know, I, I came from a different 
place and space when I came uh, to, to the truth and I came to be filled with the Holy Ghost and being baptized in Jesus' name and living for the Lord and trying to learn how to serve Him and all those things. But you know, when you come to the Lord, so many people, they come with all the baggage you know, that comes on in, and, and, and you got to work through those things. And, and sometimes when they come in there with all that baggage, sometimes you don't know how to love. A lot of people that have lived out in the world, they don't know how to love. They've had, they've had the world telling them how it goes, and the world telling them, well, this is the way love ought to look like. And, and God is saying, no, I've, I've got my own mind about what love is. And, and if you're going to be following the Lord, we're going to have to get the mind of the Lord. And we're going to have to find out from him out of his word what he says love looks like. So let's look at this love thinks no evil. It's, it should always be that instead of trying to always find the worst in somebody, always trying to find the worst in, in the brothers and sisters in Christ and, and our families and all that, we ought to be trying to find the best in each person, even if you got to dig a little deeper. Because, you know, there, there's some folks that are new in the Lord. You know, you know a person that is first coming to serve the Lord, they, you know, they got to learn how to walk with the Lord because the Bible says they're babies in Christ. Don't you know a baby? You know, how many of you saw a baby come out of the mama's womb and then they just start running around through the hospital? You know that don't happen. That don't happen. You, the baby got to learn how to walk. The baby first usually learn how to crawl or they roll over first and then they learn to crawl. Next thing you know, they, they walk a little bit and they fall down and they walk a little bit and fall down. But that's how it is with the Lord. You, you know, babies come up in the church, you know, be born in the Lord and they got to learn how to walk with God. And so some of them, they may not have all the understanding of God's word yet. They're still learning. And so you got to give them that benefit of the doubt, you know, and, and try to look to find the best in that person that you can find. And then the other thing is that when something, uh, now, now this is a real doozy here, but when something is found out about somebody in the church of the living God, or even our families, if we don't call ourselves Christian, even in our family, when we find something out about somebody that's very a very difficult situation, let's let's say that person they, they got in trouble and they went to jail. All right, uh, let's say somebody in the church, uh, you know, there's something happened and, and and you know how it goes. You know, you know, there's a, a grapevine people talking. It happens everywhere you go with a group of people. And so let's say somebody finds something out. A very difficult situation and, 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 and all of that. Now, the best thing to do, if, if love thinks no, no evil, the Bible says love thinks no evil. So if love thinks no evil, the first thing we ought to do, love ought to lead us to pray for the best outcome for that person. And maybe they did do wrong. Maybe they did some uh, some terrible thing. But we ought to be praying for the best outcome, not saying they're gossiping about that person. And then uh, they, uh, and and then hoping for the best outcome as God takes control of the situation. Because when we're praying, we're asking God to take control. But you know what happens a lot of time when something goes on, especially up in the church of the living God, and people, you know, the man they find something out, boy, it's a juicy piece of gossip. I gotta go on and tell somebody. Now I will say this. Uh, the Apostle Paul, he talked about this now. He talked about that to the Corinthian church because uh, the Corinthian church, 
they were it was like a, a church of all new babes in the Lord because they they didn't know the Lord they, so many of them because most of these folks uh, the Apostle Paul said they were Gentiles and they worshiped other gods and all that kind of thing so they didn't know they didn't know nothing about serving the Lord they didn't know how to do that and so they were learning how to live for God but there came a point in time and I believe it's in chapter 5 of first uh, Corinthians uh, it talks about uh, a man up in the church and yes it was up in the church the man up in the church and he was having sex with his mama now we don't know if it was his stepmama or if it was his real blood mama or whatever the case was but what the bible said was he was having sex with his father's wife and that's how you know how difficult it was because they didn't if it was his mother they sure didn't want to say he was having sex with mother they said father's wife so he was committing adultery well, the problem with that was the whole church knew it. We find that out in the Word of God. Everybody knew about it. And then they were just letting them come and letting them live that way and letting them just get in there and, and they're in there, hallelujah, amen, and all that. And it says they were in their love feast. In other words, when they got together for fellowship and eating and all of that, oh, come on in. And everybody knew they were sending up one side and down the other, knowing full well they were in a relationship that they were not supposed to be in, committing adultery. And the Apostle Paul said, it's a shame that the church of the living God, you know this and you're just letting it go on. And he said, that's not to be gloried in. You got you to gotta get rid of that. And so there is some things that don't uh, fall under the category of gossip. If, if there are some folks that are not doing right in the Lord and not serving the Lord right, the Bible gives us direction of what to do. Now, especially if somebody's been offended. But there's directions on what to do. And, and, and you move through those steps. But there comes a point and a time when somebody has got to understand, okay, if these folks are doing something like this, uh, everybody needs to know that these folks are, are they're going to they gonna be put out for a while until they learn to repent and get right with God. That's what the Bible says. Now, some people, they don't like that. They don't like hearing that kind of thing, but that's what the Bible says. It's what the Word of God says because what happens is that that sin, even if it's just one person, it can bleed over because if it's allowed to continue, then everybody else is going to say, well, look at those folks. they just coming in there and they're shouting hallelujah and everybody's committing adultery and everything's fine, so I guess I'm going to go bebop whatever I want and do whatever I want. And that's the problem that incurs, uh, you incur with that kind of thing. And so there is a difference. Nobody should be getting this twisted up. It's not that you're thinking evil when you confront people and the sin that they've got to repent of. That's not the same thing. But thinking no evil. In other words, you don't, the first thing you hear about something, you, you want to make sure that you do what the Bible says about thoroughly investigating something. The Bible teaches us to do that. And if we don't and we jump the gun and we immediately start talking and saying, oh, did you hear? Bah, 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 bah. And the next thing you know, uh, somebody, it might not even be true. And then gossip's going on and somebody's lives begin to fall apart because somebody said something that wasn't true. And so we've got to, we've got to make sure that we investigate properly like the Bible says. We don't want to think evil. We don't want to think the minute that we hear something, oh, did you hear that? Oh, that's just terrible. No, the first thing y'all do is give that person the benefit of the doubt and think of the best that outcome that can possibly be in that situation. Now, if after thorough investigation, as should be like the church says, and you find out these are the things that are going on, then that sin needs to be dealt with. 
But that don't mean that we still got a right to go around and gospel and carry it on. But, uh, you know, there's things that's got to be dealt with. We don't, we don't want to send, uh, take over. But we can't sit and just think an evil thing of somebody because that's not love. You can't, if you, the minute that you hear something and you want to run, you got a juicy piece of something to say. And you get on that phone. Did you hear? Did you hear? Da, 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 da. And then there ain't even been no time for no investigation or nothing. And the Bible does tell us to do that. We've got to thoroughly investigate things because things can be said that are not true. Don't you know about what the Bible says that some people will falsely accuse? It's the truth. And people can falsely accuse people up in the church. It's the truth too. And so we don't want to do that. We want to uh, make sure that uh, we are investigating things properly because love is going to move us to want to think the best of the outcome. And if it comes down to that, hey, this was a situation. Then the next thing we ought to do is be thinking about praying about that person, praying for that person, praying for that family, because maybe it's something that's going to affect the family, or it could affect the whole church. You never know what the situation might uh, come to be. And so we want to pray. We want to ask God for the best outcome in any situation rather than immediately thinking evil. So love, don't think no evil. Matter of fact, you know, I've heard of people, you know, like uh, uh, children, you know, and, and, and there was words going around. And, 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 you know, if a parent were to immediately assume that, well, this, was, this is the worst outcome, and this is what I heard because this child told that child, and that child told that child, and it got back around. Well, you got to thoroughly investigate. You can't immediately jump to the gun because uh, that child may not have done anything of the sort because sometimes children can be evil, and they can say words against the children so it applies there too you know just as well so what we've got to do is give the benefit of the doubt and thoroughly investigate and then if it comes about that things are uh done you know as as it was told or said and certainly uh, that's not gossip where a word comes out and you know let's say somebody does find something out about somebody uh, where they are not uh, walking with the lord you know such as a preacher now i've heard where preachers they were literally caught uh, having an adulterous affair. Well, that's something that, you know, everybody don't just run around and hush, hush. No, you need to know. And it needs to be said and it needs to be told because uh, that person, the Bible makes it very clear, they cannot be in a position of authority in the church if they're going to be living like that. And the Bible teaches that. And so, but that's not thinking no evil. It's just sins being dealt with. But if you go around and you hear something and you, you don't know if it's so, you just hear something rumbling in the in the grapevine. You know what I'm saying? You know, you just hear something rumbling. Did you hear so-and-so? Well, I heard this, and I heard that, and da-da-da-da-da, and you don't even know if it's true. And then you're immediately getting on the phone. And getting on, you know, and nowadays we've got to where uh, our situation is that news can go so fast, and it can destroy somebody's life before you can even pull it back. Before you can even stop it, it can get on a roll because there's so many electronics and different things that can just move a word forward. And then by the time it gets where it's going, it's not even true. And I seen that just a week ago. I was looking at something, how that happened on the phone with uh, particular people. Um, and it was a situation where somebody was assuming that somebody was over at this particular place where a shooting took place. And that 
uh, that they are not a shooting, excuse me. Uh, they were, uh, there was somebody that was being accosted and they were being treated really bad and being, um, uh, it was a young man, I guess he had a, one of those carts where they sell hot dogs and that kind of thing, uh, out there near a college or something. And there were, uh, some young ladies that came up and they just started being really mean to him. And somebody was filming that thing. And while they were filming it, I guess somebody else was uh, caught in the screen of the filming because these three girls, uh, or two or two or three girls, women, uh, they were drunk and they were just taking all of his food and throwing it on the ground and just uh, treating him really bad and saying all kinds of terrible stuff. Well, that, you know, obviously something taped like that going all over the place. People don't like people treating people like that. But they saw... Uh, these uh, young women doing this but somebody got caught in the screen in the background and then it a word went out that that person was a part of that situation and they never were a part of it and so they had to and all that went really fast that that person they even got the person's name and the whole bit and it just zoomed really super fast and here this person is getting uh, messages to him and people are just saying all kinds of things and all kinds of threats to him because they thought they were actually a part of it and they were just in the background they weren't a part of it at all and so uh, the police had to literally reverse things and say look this person was not part of this and this kind of stuff that's going on in these words that are being said over all of these uh, you know different platforms that are used and so we got to be careful and, and, and in the church of the living God, we're given this instruction to think no evil. Love does not do that. And if we're going to be moved by God's love, we can't immediately think an evil thing of somebody just because you heard some. And so we're going to, we want to make sure that we do that. And so in, in closing, uh, what I'd like to do is I'd like to go to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. And that's uh, in the back of your book if anybody, uh, you know, if some of you all are new uh, in the Lord and all that, I, I, I try to instruct people, try to help them to find and navigate through the Word of God because I try to get people to uh, actually take the Bible. Now, I always use King James Version, so when we're studying, that is the best thing for you to do so you can follow along with me and we'll talk about these things. But, um, you know, uh, some people, they don't know how to navigate to the, through the Word of God. They don't know where certain books are. And so what I do is I try to give uh, some information and I know a lot of y'all that you listen to podcasts that have studies on the word of God and stuff you 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 probably so knowledgeable about the word of God you don't need nobody telling you none of that so I'm not talking to you uh, uh, about those things I'm trying to give those instructions to people that might not know uh, so so if you're new in the Lord or you just maybe you've been uh, around church all your life but you just really hadn't studied the word of God uh, and and now you're wanting to study so I, I'll give you some of those heads up so first Peter uh, and there's also uh, first second third John and then there's Jude and there's Revelation now if you've gone to first second or third John just back up back up one uh, book and you're gonna find first Peter now there's two books there's first Peter and second Peter so we're gonna be in first Peter and uh, we're gonna be in chapter 4 and we're gonna be in verse 8 and listen to what the word of God says now. It says, above all, and above all things, above all things. Okay, I, I, I really want to stress that now. Above all things, have fervent love among yourselves. Now, this is a letter to uh, people of God. 
Peter was trying to encourage people. This uh, letter was written at a time when people were being persecuted as, a, uh, as uh, followers of Jesus Christ. They were having severe persecution during the time of this letter. And uh, he was saying, he said, above all things, he said, have fervent love. Charity is the word there, but it's translated love. Fervent love among yourselves, among the people of God. You know, when, when, when you are serving the Lord and you're walking with the Lord, the church is supposed to be a place of refuge. It's supposed to be a place where you can go and be comforted and, and, and share uh, in, in love and peace among one another. That's how it's supposed to be. And so he said, above all things, have a fervent. Now that word fervent, that word is, in, it is translated hot, burning hot. So you've got to, your love for others in the church is ought to be set on fire of God out of the power of the Holy Ghost. And so above all things, have fervent love among yourselves. For love, come on now, shall cover the multitude of sins. It shall cover the multitude of sins. Now, hear me. Don't you know that's what Jesus did for you and I? Yes, sir. Jesus did that for you and I. He went to the cross of Calvary and he shed his blood for you and I. And that blood washed us clean. That's what it did. And Jesus suffered for you and I and to cover a multitude of sin because we sure enough had sin. The Bible says everyone, every person comes short of the glory of God. Not a one of us can come to God and say we've uh, done everything right. No, we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God and we need the Lord there. We need his blood to wash us clean. But in order for the blood to be shed, he had to suffer. And he did so for you and I. And so he said, love shall cover a multitude of sins. We've got to have such a love that sometime when somebody's done something wrong, we don't immediately just look at that and focus on that. No, we've got to go beyond and we've got to do what Jesus did and let love cover a multitude of sin. They say, well, I don't, you don't know what they did to me. Well, I don't know what they did to you, but I sure enough know what they did to me. And I'm going to tell you, some of the things that some people did and said to me, I had to forgive. You've got to do that. You've got to let love cover a multitude of sin because it is the very thing that Jesus did and he gave us an example to follow and we've got to walk the way of the Lord. And if we don't, then we're not following him. Jesus gave us example after example after example for a reason because the Lord wanted us to look at him and follow his way. Hallelujah. And so we've got to allow the love of the Lord to cover a multitude of sin. Whatever anybody's done. Now, I want you to hear me now. I'm not talking about overlooking and being a doormat and just letting people run all over you. I ain't talking about that. Okay? Uh, and, and you say, well, where, where's the cutoff? Where, where's the, you know, what do I do? Now, you, uh, you know, I've tried to explain to people before about forgiveness. You know, everybody's got to forgive. Don't you know that the Lord said that if we do not forgive, that our Father in Heaven is not going to forgive us. We are not going to be forgiven by the Father in Heaven if we do not forgive others. We have flat out got to forgive people. Now, forgiving them, that don't always mean you're going to be hanging around them. And I'm going to give you an example. I remember two different situations. Now, these were not situations that took place in my life. But, and God forbid if I ever have to deal with such a thing. 
And I know that it's got to be really difficult. I'm not trying to minimize people's difficulty in these situations that I'm getting ready to mention. But I saw within a matter of a couple of months, two different families, two different families. Now, one of the, one of the families, uh, they actually came from another state uh, over to uh, the state where we were living at the time. But the young man, he went to a Bible college uh, not too far from where we were living in a little town in Washington. And uh, he was a good young man. He had been raised by a good family. He had been raised by actually by a Dunkard family. Now, if anybody you don't know what the Dunkards are, uh, they you know some of them are called German Baptist, and uh, they live very separate holy lives, and they believe in being very loving and forgiving and all of those things. Well, what happened was their son. He was uh, I believe he was only twenty, going on twenty one, and uh, the the group of kids that belonged to that college, they had went uh, into uh, town a little ways away, and they went to a, a Bible study. They'd come from church, actually, a Bible study at a church, and they were on their way back to the college. And there was somebody that had just gotten into a fight with their girlfriend, and they got on the same road uh, as this car full of young people that were going back to the Bible college. And as the man passed, he was just so out of his mind and so angry at what had happened between him and his girlfriend, and he just shot into the car as he passed by. No reason, just a random shooting. And the young man in the back seat on the left-hand side is going down the road. He was shot in the head and killed. And uh, no doubt this is a devastating thing to all those young people in that car and it really affected our community. It really was, um, it, it was really sad. It was very difficult. But what we saw was, uh, I didn't know that until the news came out that the young man had been raised by a Dunkard family, uh, German Baptist, and so many, uh, well, the mother and father came for the court hearing. The mother and father actually came for the court hearing because they did find the man, they arrested him and all of that. And when it was time for him to be arraigned for the murder of their son, they showed up to the court. But you know what else happened? Other Dunkards, other German Baptists that didn't even know them, did not know them because these people came from Pennsylvania out of, out of another state and come all traveled all that way, uh, flew over for, the, um, uh, for that court hearing. And all of these other uh, Dunkards or German Baptists, I'm not sure what's the best way to say it, but people from around in that area, in the Yakima, Washington area, the Dunkards converged on that court hearing to support that mother and father, and they didn't even know them. But they knew that they were part of their um, uh, um, church, they were part of their body of believers, and they were there to support them. But what was so amazing is that the judge ended up going to tears during that court hearing. And the reason is because when the man was convicted of the murder and they said, you know, they asked the mother and father if they uh, had words that they wanted to speak. The mother, the father was just too uh, having too much of a difficult time. He was very... Um, you know, upset and had so much pain in his heart, but she wanted to speak. And she stood up and she began to say to the perpetrator, the one that murdered her son, she goes, I have my son's Bible here 
that was in the car. And she said, it is splattered a little bit with his blood from you shooting him. She said, but I know my son. She said, I know that my son would tell me as his mother, Mama, you got to forgive him. And she said, so I have to forgive you. And she said, and I do. She said, I forgive you. And she said, I'm hoping that the court will allow you to take my son's Bible because I want you to study it because I want you to know Jesus so that you can be in heaven with us one day with my son. Now that is an amazing love. That is an astounding love. But I, I remember about two, three months later, there was another family. Now again, when I talk about this next family, I'm not saying that I don't feel any compassion for them and I don't feel any pain or anything. It certainly is hurtful when people have to go through this. But this other family, they also said that they were Christians. But the mother was so beside herself and so angry. And so when she got to say her words in court, she said, I hope you go to hell and rot in hell. Now, I want to tell you something. The judge in the court hearing where the mother forgave the man, he went to tears. And he said, in 20 years of me being on the bench, he said, never have I ever been so moved and so touched during a hearing for a murder where the parent is actually talking. And so, friend, let me say something to you. And for those of you that may be German Baptists or you may know German Baptists or whatever, I don't say this offensively to you at all. But if the German Baptists, which are not baptized with the Holy Ghost, they're not filled with the Holy Ghost, and they will tell you they're not baptized with the Holy Ghost. If they can love that way without being baptized with the Holy Ghost, just being guided by God's Word, how much more is it that us who are filled with the Holy Ghost, if you are baptized with that Holy Ghost in fire, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, learning to live for God and serving the Lord, or maybe maybe it is, maybe you listening to this podcast, maybe you're a Trinitarian Pentecostal, I don't know. But if you've been baptized with that Holy Ghost, let me tell you something. That Holy Ghost ought to lead us. It ought to lead us and guide us to what true love is. And we ought not be thinking evil. Think no evil. It ought to be the first thing that we think about when we hear something that's going on with other people. We ought to want to love them and pray for them and, and, and be there and care about them and really share uh, the love of the Lord. And so with that said, I pray that you have been blessed uh, with uh, this podcast so far and we're going to uh, certainly want to uh, continue uh, to talk about uh, things you know concerning the word of God that will hopefully bless you and will hopefully uh, keep you um, you know going in the Lord uh, keep you walking uh, with uh, the Lord now I would like to uh, you, you, we're not quite closed out yet. I do want to, uh, I've got uh, one more we're going to look at here. You say, well, I thought you were closing. Well, I thought I was closing too, but I looked at my notes. So here we are. All right, so uh, one thing we're going to look at here for a moment is, uh, it says, 
True love of the true love of God always seeks the truth and always wants the best uh, for each person. Now that's not in the scripture. I'm just uh, talking about. We're still talking about love thinking no evil. So let's look at this a little bit more. So the true love of God is always going to seek the truth and always going to seek what's best for each person that you come in contact and you, you've you heard uh, maybe a certain situation or whatever. You want to think about what's the best outcome. And, and if, if it is that your mind just can't go there, then what you ought to do certainly as a follower of the Lord is to pray for God uh, to bring the best outcome in that situation. And, and this true love of God causes us to assume the best and to trust God to do the best with anyone and any situation where there's a difficulty that rises up. The true love of God coming from someone's heart that wants to please God. You know, some people don't want to please God. But you know, the Bible talks about us that we, it talks to us, those of us that follow the Lord, that we've got to have a want to, to please the Lord. And so those of us that want to please God, that does not lead us uh, to assume the worst in any situation. We've always going to want, uh, because if we're, if we're looking to think no evil, love thinks no evil, then we want to try to, instead of look at the worst of the situation, try to look at uh, whatever might be the best. But certainly, truth has got to be involved. That's the reason why it's so important uh, when something comes about that we find out what the truth is. And that don't mean just running around from one person that's gossiping to another person that's gossiping and so on. No, uh, you, you want to find uh, words out from people that uh, can be trusted that you know are full of the Holy Ghost because people that are not full of the Holy Ghost, they, they're just going to run around and say things. And, I, and, and it's the truth. And so, but, but people uh, that are walking with the Lord and they're serving the Lord and they're full of the Holy Ghost, uh, they're going to have a want to to try to speak what is the truth of the situation, not just to gossip. And uh, also this, this love, it doesn't cause us to... Uh, to actually gossip, you know. If we've got uh, the love of God in us and, and we're not thinking evil because gossip literally can destroy other people's lives. I have seen it happen. I have seen where gossip has destroyed lives to the point that some people have committed suicide because of it. Now, that does not give a validation. It's not a, a, a reason for someone to take their lives, but I have actually seen this happen where gossip got so intense and so terrible that it took somebody's life. But love, God's true love, it doesn't bring a person to say hateful, hateful and hurtful things about someone and it, that could literally be very damaging to their life or maybe to, to the person's family and, and, or, or their job. It might affect their job or, or it might affect their reputation and maybe they got a good reputation and this word, you, you don't know if it's true or not. You got to be really careful because love thinketh no evil. If you've really got the love of God, you're going you're gonna to stop and you're going to remember that verse that said love thinketh no evil. And you're going to stop and you're going to think, hmm, wait a minute. I, I, I want to I stop for a minute. I want the Lord uh, to work through me and, and maybe curb my words so that I don't gossip. And, and the thing of it is that one thing I've, I've learned and I've learned through my own self, quick words, and the Bible even tells you this, but quick words about your opinion about maybe something you've heard. It's not the best thing to do because 
because quick words means we have not had time to think about the situation. We've not had time to study about the situation. And that does not allow for God's love to lead it and guide it along the way. And so uh, any situation come up, we should, we should avoid uh, all uh, and any, uh, any and all words until uh, truth is had uh, and, and spoken about any situation. And uh, so, so with that said, I just pray that we would all uh, think about those things and allow ourselves not to be immediately, uh, you know, thinking the worst of a situation, think no evil, looking, and, and, and love seeketh not our own. No, let's let's learn not to be selfish. Let's let's learn uh, to to think about the other person. To, uh, give uh, you know. Don't you know that our bodies? The Bible says is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Don't you know? Uh, it, it says that we're not our own. We you know. There's a lot of people running around saying my body is mine. No, it's not. Not no. Uh uh. That's not true. The Bible says your body's not yours. And, and, and God wants it to be the temple of the Holy Ghost, but your body's not yours because, and the Lord even says, all souls are mine. You know, we get this opportunity and we get this privilege. We get this time on this earth. And it's a very short period of time. I'm going to tell you what, I, I'm in my 60s and I can remember when I was a little kid. I'm telling you, time flies. And before you know it, you're going to be taking your last breath. And what we do in this body, the Bible said we're going to give an account for what we said and what we're doing. And so we've got to be mindful of these things that is talking about love because love is how we're going to reach the world. Love is how our relationships stay intact. True love of God, not, not the way the world does it. it. It's what keeps the glue together to hold marriages together. It's what helps families and children and parents to, to stick together because of the love of God. The true love of God does that. Not the way the world dictates it and and love is is not easily provoked you know we, we we what just hot off the wire we say something because we just immediately we just you know we, we get mad and we get angry love don't do that now it could be maybe the person had a bad day so remember think no evil so remember maybe they had a bad day maybe they didn't really mean that and give them the benefit of the doubt because love think no evil but now if they continue it could be you know, I, I heard a story not too long ago about a woman. She said that she was just, uh, you know, right and left. She, her emotions had changed, and she was just getting irritated right off the cuff and, and just uh, uh, snapping at her children and snapping at her husband and just going on. And, uh, and this was a, a woman that lived for the Lord. And uh, one thing led to another, and her husband finally said to her, he said, enough of this. He said, you need to go to the doctor. He said, you need to find out what's wrong. He said, because your, your behavior has completely changed. And come to find out that she had uh, some problems wrong in her body. There were certain things uh, that were going on, things that were really off in her body. And I can't remember exactly what it was. But she needed some certain type of medication to balance things out. And, uh, and certainly after all that was taken care of, she got back uh, where she was able to function properly. And, uh, and it certainly uh, was better for the family and all that kind of thing. So we do want to take into account those, those things. Don't immediately, uh, you know, assume the worst. But at the same time, uh, there's some people I was reading and I, wrote, I literally wrote it down because I, I was sitting at the red light the other day and I saw on this truck, it was literally painted on the truck in real fancy letters 
And it said, little Ricky doesn't play well with others. Now, if this is your truck, please don't be upset with me. But you, you put it out in the public so, you know, everybody can see it when they're driving by. Uh, but anyway, it says, little rookie doesn't play well with others. And then, you know, and then you look at something else on the truck, and, it, and instead of it saying grandpa, it said grandpa. And so it kind of gives you an idea of that person's demeanor and their way and their position. Now, if somebody is always grumpy and always upset and always and snapping at everybody and all that kind of thing, and they claim to follow the Lord, you know, it could be that they seriously, it could be either medical, it could be emotional or whatever. But if all those things are ruled out, then you know what? You need to get down and pray. You need to get a hold of the Lord. Because the thing of it is, how are we going to be full of the Holy Ghost if we don't talk to the Lord? It's not possible. The book of Jude says, uh, in uh, I believe it's verse 20, there's only one chapter, and, and it says, uh, building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. How we build our faith up is praying in the Holy Ghost, allowing ourselves to be full of the Holy Ghost. So with that said, I just pray that y'all will uh, go from here today. And uh, we're, we're almost done with this lesson, uh, what I call lesson podcast. I guess some people are going to say, well, you just... You just having a Bible study. Well, you can call it what you want, but I'm on a podcast. Um, but anyway, uh, we want to continue to finish this lesson. Continue till we finish this lesson on God's love and what it looks like, what it truly looks like, and then we're going to go on to some other uh, things in the Word of God because the Bible gives us everything uh, that pertains to life and godliness. So may the Lord keep you and bless you. May you have a wonderful evening. God bless. In Jesus' name.